Hello and welcome to another week's edition of Improv London in Chicago with Ian McNaughton and Stephen Davidson. So week four, it's come around pretty quickly, hasn't it? How's week four been for you? Uh, I really liked it. It was a lovely week. I had a fantastic teacher and... The whole level of everything going on seems to be rising rapidly, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. This week we, we did the Herald, uh, which for those who don't know is a really sort of common format in America. Uh, I think it's probably less well known in London, although there are people like uh, the Free Association doing more of it. Uh, but I think it's spreading and it goes way back. Uh, Del Close came up with it in the 80s or maybe early 90s. I'm not sure. Um yeah, so uh, who was your teacher this week? I had Colleen uh, from Dummy, who was absolutely fantastic. She's the co-artistic director of IO West, oh, okay. uh, and she really knows what she's doing. Fantastic, yeah. loved her. Yeah, I had Craig Euler, uh, who's perhaps not as well as known a name, but he really needs, seems to know his stuff as well and goes back to the start of the Herald and was giving us all sorts of fun insights about the Herald and how it developed. Uh, so that was really fun. And he said the game slots did actually used to be short-form short games like Freeze Tag uh, because they, they thought the audiences were going to get a bit bored just with scenes, uh, which seems really weird now but um, apparently that's how it was and when somebody did something that wasn't a standard game that was like earth shattering uh, and he also said what we were doing now was sort of like way beyond what even the sort of really legendary Harold teams were doing back in 1999 and so on so really fun uh, had a great week so it's evolved. Yeah, it has That's evolved. Cool. Yeah, and I'm really liking that, and I'm sure it'll continue to evolve, or perhaps people will go back to doing some of the old stuff just because it's different. Well, I think short form probably is never going to go completely away because it's just more accessible and better known by wider audiences. Sure, so yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of putting it into a long-form show like that. And in fact, they still do that here sometimes with Freeze Tag, yeah, it seems to be really quite common. In, in the nights where we've had several Herald teams, they'll quite often throw in uh, a game of freeze tag with a cast from both Herald teams. Yeah. And the other one is where they do a dream thing. That's something I've seen a bit, like last night. Yeah, it's sort of almost like playback theatre. Yeah. Where they get an audience member up on stage, they ask them a whole lot of details about their day and their relationships, and then they present their idea of what a dream might be, which references mm. a lot of the stuff that the audience members had. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I must have seen that four or five times while we're over here mm -hmm. in Harold Nights, because I have been seeing quite a few Harolds. Uh, so what particularly did you do when you were doing the Harold with Colleen? Um, we worked on getting first beats out of different kinds of openings. Mm -hmm. um, so we did many different styles of openings, which is very exciting. Um, and then we did a whole lot of organic openings, which I loved. And we worked on pulling ideas in a non-premacy way for the oh, first okay. beat. Yeah. This was the thing that I really loved about uh, this week in the IO style, because I've done Harold in the sort of FA, UCB type style, sure. where 
every single beat from the very first scene. You're going out to initiate a premise that you mm. pulled, mm. Um, as opposed to building it organically. But Colleen was really emphasizing that for the first beat, especially, go out with an idea that's a feeling or a concept or even just a tangential link to the opening mm. and let the scene build organically in a patient kind of way. Oh, that's uh, nice. And then you start to use your kind of premisey linking things up brain in the second beat, which I really, really like. Just because to me, starting with premise right from the beginning makes it start to feel like improv by the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Or like it's just a slightly poorly written sketch show. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that. I did the Free Association Harold course as well and had great fun in that, so I'm not going to slag that off. But yeah, it, it did at times feel a bit mathematical. Yeah. Um, Craig also talked about uh, making the first beat stuff more organic because it could get premacy and stuff, and, and we kind of worked on that too. Um, just some sort of theme perhaps that had emerged from the opening rather than a specific premise. Uh, and then, yeah, like Colleen said to you, you can start getting a bit more premise driven later if you want to, although not all the ones we did this week did, but, but they're all cool. And that's kind of what I like about it is that it can take many forms. Yeah. Uh, and it does develop organically. I feel like linking second and third beats by premise is just the thing that you'll do automatically if nothing else fun presents itself. That's a good way to think of it. I like that, yeah. Yeah, like if there isn't a really cool character or a scene with really uh, clear beats that would be fun to map onto something else, sort of premises the default, oh, I don't know what to do, so I'll, mm, mm. I'll take that fun thing forward. Sure. Yeah, we, we also had this, this thing this week where we'd maybe come up with a theme early on and then it would morph into another theme. Uh, later on in the piece and Craig talked about smooshing those two themes mm. together which was you know rather than two premises or two characters together you could crash two themes together and yeah. all sorts of ways you could do it uh, and we did some really fun exercises and stuff um, yeah we because uh, I'm not sure how you did it but we kind of got introduced to the Herald gradually although it seemed we'd actually done a full one quicker than most of the groups just chatting to people mm. So we started doing openings, which we've sort of done in some of the previous weeks, a uh, bit in week one, some of the stuff in week two, uh, and then doing some scenes off that. Um, and then we started getting it, so we split the group in two, uh, but everybody was up on stage, uh, and one side looked after the scenes while the other side looked after the games and stuff. So it kind of meant you weren't having to think quite so much, because I think the Harold can fuck your head a bit. I can. I We did some similar things where different people were responsible for different bits of the Herald. Mm -hmm. I actually found it easier to just be in and go when I was compelled to go. Um, the way that Colleen did it, she had his number off 1 to 16, and right. for every game and the scene, she would call numbers of people oh, that would okay. do that. Right. So you had to jump in and do the next beat of that or the group game. Uh, and it was a really interesting way to learn and I think the thing she was trying to emphasize was that everybody's responsible for every beat and you should always mm. be ready to jump mm. in. Yeah, totally. I think um, that's what you're working towards. Yeah. Everybody has to be willing to. Um, which which is another thing that's a big thing I found with the Harold is remembering it all. 
uh, and remember it because like you're like, right, I've got to work out how I'm gonna, what I'm going to do at the start of the scene and then uh, you miss something going on in this, somebody else's scene or you can't remember which was which beat uh, and we did, did say you could swap orders of the the strands but yeah ideally it should go yeah. first beat first scene of the first beat is the first one of the second beat uh, yeah. which is cool but I think I saw one of the house teams cock that up I can't remember who it was and it doesn't really matter no I think as long as you're staying true to uh, the spirit of the form and mm. the way that things are linking and the themes and having fun it's mm. completely fine mm. I found that for remembering all of the opening beats group game stuff it's easiest when we do more abstract openings and games like when we've had organic openings and then the games are sort of like second and third beats of that opening where mm. you're just throwing yourself in really physically it's like a different bit of you is remembering that mm. to the bit of you that had mm. to remember the uh, scenes and I find it's just much easier to mentally keep track of things if they're separated that way yeah that's, that's really interesting what makes stuff stick in our memory we did, we did an interesting thing that Craig called Organimorph which was basically like 16 organic things one after each other uh, and he called out a name of who was going to initiate the next one which was cool because that kind of put you on the spot but again it's going back to everybody's got to be doing it in each beat uh, and then what he did was he made us replay them uh, only the person who initiated each game had to be somebody different from the person who initiated it originally so there's lots of role swapping uh, and it was a real memory test and it was kind of weird because when he first said oh I want you guys to uh, replay it now he said you can change the order but just get the basic bits of the scenes in it um, I think my first reaction and also of other people in the group having chatted to them was we're never going to do this I can't remember more than two of what happened but then once we actually started doing it it did work and we talked about why it stuck in memory and I think it was to do with big bold movements so partly the physicality uh, and yeah it reminded me of something we did with Katie last week where we had to replay scenes um, which was a cool exercise so some, another, if you had a two person scene another two people replayed that scene possibly a bit later that was less physical, but yeah. um, certain you could still have movements in it, uh, maybe big emotional things also stuck in people's minds. So very fun way to do it. Uh, yeah, I've had a great week. Mm. Uh, been quite tired because I think it has been the most mentally taxing week for me anyway. But yeah. How much that's to do with it being four weeks in, I don't know, because I think a lot of people were quite tired this week. They were well. I feel like it also just has to do with how much of the information is new to you. Mm. Um, in my group of sixteen, there's three people who had never done a Herald before. Oh wow! Um, and two of them have drama degrees. So for us, I think the energies stayed reasonably high. But I think if you had a lot of beginners who were just struggling to mm. absorb all of this, it would mm. be much more taxing. Yeah, I yeah. I can see that. Uh, I'm not sure how... I think we were probably about 50-50 on who'd done a Herald before and who hadn't. Uh, but I mean, f yeah, 
as I said before, mine was more free association style, which is a bit more well, boom yeah. Chicago, possibly UCB premise led. So it was interesting. And yeah, I think just having the practice of remembering the beats and knowing the structure in an intuitive way goes mm. a long way towards relaxing into it, though. Mm, I think, yeah. Uh, we did some super connections and bringing stuff back in. It was really fun, but. I'm getting the feeling it is just going to be a matter of doing the hard reps to really get better at it. Uh, so if we can <laughs> find a way to keep this going in London, that would be super cool. Uh, yeah, Craig was enormously high energy, which was great. Um, also, perhaps why we were so tired, because he kind of wouldn't give us anything. <laughs> he was like, I know you guys are getting really tired, but you know, put, put your all into this, which was great. And he was very good at... Um, just kind of sort of saying, yeah, that, that was fantastic, that was fantastic, but next one, try working on this, which is mm -hmm. kind of the style of teaching I really like. So, yeah. um, And he also talked a lot about different ways to play stuff, like um, there's a bit of a tendency with a lot of people to play quite negative scenes, mm -hmm. uh, and he's not really thinking about um, sort of Disney princess saccharine scenes, it's just... Uh, well, like, for example, some, we had somebody who was really bad at something and the follow-up scene was them getting fired, which I guess is pretty realistic if they're bad at their job, but he said there are other ways you can play it, like, for some weird reason, which you justify later, their, uh, their flaw actually turns out to be an asset, uh, which was kind of fun, cause it, and he sort of likened it to sort of holding down the scene, like, you know, it's very predictable, you're not going to yeah. go anywhere, whereas just sort of make it sort of setting it free to go and explore this crazy world is a fun thing. Yeah, he was, we did the Beer Shark Mice workshop, which That's is right. just a form where you tag and tag and tag with Craig, um, and he was saying exactly that, that to have the character be fired for their quirk and to have them be promoted for their quirk are actually basically the same move, mm -hmm. but one of them leaves a lot more room for uh, growth and that character to have more fun and potential and enjoyment because mm. they feel like their idea is being supported. Um, and he really stressed that that was an IO thing mm. specifically. Mm. Um, it, it reminded me of the 1% choices thing that we were uh, talking about a couple weeks ago about um, we need the sort of if-then consequence of whatever has already happened, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the predictable real world consequence yeah just yeah. like your response doesn't have to be the predictable real world response to mm. something it can be what would you really like to say if that yeah, happened yeah um and what would you really like to happen to this character who just can't stop stop dropping things mm. do you want him fired or do you want him to some somehow uh reap rewards from that yeah that, that was one of the examples wasn't it a very clumsy character who kept dropping things yeah and yeah he could get dropped fired from his job as a waiter which, yeah which i guess you could do something with or you could just put him in more and more situations where he yeah kept dropping things like getting him to hold babies yeah. or whatever and stuff and see the fun that expands from that so that was really interesting uh, yeah, Beer Shout Mice is an interesting format. I'd love to do some more of that. Yeah. Uh, really good practice for actually thinking on your feet and yeah. quickly working out a tag to do that's going to either bring back a theme or heighten or whatever. Uh, and you basically have somebody on stage all the time. Um, 
you start with basically a two-person scene uh, and then somebody gets tagged out but the other person always remains so there's no sweeps or anything mm. uh, the way we played it you can do walk-ons um, so in a way it's a bit like a La Ronde uh, all in the sense that one person always stays I guess but also quite different from La Ronde yeah. first that it doesn't wrap around in a circle but and um, also faster I think much faster from what the La Rondes I've done yeah. Uh, but yeah, fun format, and it really got our tagging brains in in order. I think that's that's quite a theme because even if I don't go away and do Beer Shop Meister or Harold, there's a lot of uh, ideas about picking out themes, working out premises, uh, and sort of playing them that will translate over to other stuff like montages and armandos. So. But I'm actually really getting to enjoy the Harold when see it done well. Mm. The other shop workshop I went to was uh, one with Rich Soane. Ah Rich yes, Soane the annoyance. We yeah, went along to we that did. As well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I must admit, I was not quite sure what to expect. I know the annoyance has got a bit of a different philosophy on improv. Mm. Uh, I'd seen posts from the May Days putting lots of shop pun names, which somehow seemed to be linked to Rich Soane. Well, I never mm. quite got why. Uh, how did you find that workshop? Um, well, so the workshop basically was explaining the annoyance approach and giving us first-hand experience of uh, their philosophy, which was really interesting. Mm. Like The two things that we really focused on were bringing lots of energy into the very start of a scene and heightening energy palpably throughout a scene, which are both really interesting and useful skills. Mm. Yeah, that, it was a completely different approach from IO, in, just like Stephen said, and we did this fun exercise where we did 5 second, 10 second, 15 second scene, and Rich got us to sort of think about those, uh, and I think with the 5 second scene where we didn't have to maintain it, people were coming in a lot more energetic. Uh, I think I'm kind of using it as another tool to put in my improv utility belt, because yeah. I think if every scene started high energy and then tried to get higher it would be a bit of an exhausting show to watch it would and I felt like although there were lots of great players and interesting like big characters that came out of it there are no scenes from the workshop that kind of stick out in my brain as having been great <laughs> scenes um, so I'm not sure if those exercises for me led mm. to scenes that I loved which mm. sort of had some kind of emotional grounding before it got crazy yeah that's an interesting thing isn't it I, I, I'm, I can only remember one actual scene which is one you were involved in um, which we'll talk about in a minute maybe um, but yeah Maybe maybe it's just something you need to combine the two. Uh, there's yeah. some interesting thoughts in heightening without doing stuff. Actually, I just remembered another one. Uh, I had one where I was anticipating food. That was my thing for the exercise, mm -hmm. and somebody else was bringing me sweet corn. Uh, and it kind of got to the point where once he'd done that, I felt I couldn't do anything more other than eat it. Um, but Rich suggested ways in which we could delay the moment, which was kind of cool. Um, what else did we do that was fun? Oh, we did the thing where we did sort of four line scenes and then we swapped the person we were with, but we had to do the same two lines each and combine and then take it from there. And that was really interesting because I thought this was going to be a complete mess, but probably 90% of them people found ways to 
link things up, which was fun. Yeah, it all ended up making sense and being really interesting. I think it's easy to put a lot of pressure on the first few lines of scenes, but mm. actually there's almost always something there, no matter what you've said. So. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, the annoyance seems to be a bit more anything goes. We've we've had a couple of things this week with Craig where he sort of said, you know, the I, the IO approach to that would be such and such, but at the annoyance they probably like it uh, yeah. there seems to be a bit more anything goes even if it's on stage dry humping and stuff <laughs> uh, which you you had a scene about yes I had some first hand experience of that I um, I was in a heightening scene basically where we were supposed to just escalate and escalate and escalate whatever was going on but the energy on stage was sort of clearly escalating towards sex and mm. for me if I had known the other person in the scene and known that they would be okay with it I'd have gone potentially further towards that mm. um, we got pretty touchy for strangers I would say sure yeah I remember um, that. yeah and I, I personally am completely fine with touching and like I'm a very physical player but I just for me to go further than that with somebody before kind of checking that they were cool with that yeah, totally. would have been yeah. a bit much, especially, I mean, I'm twice the size of the other guy. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, he's a stranger. Mm. So after the scene, um, he, uh, Rich did sort of say, asked both of us if we would have theoretically been okay with it, and we both said yes. Mm. And said, well, then you should have gone ahead and uh, mm. had sex. And I just sort of thought, well, I'm okay with it, but I'm not okay with not having checked that they're okay. Yeah, I, I, which I, it, it's yeah. a small distinction, but to me it's an no, important one. That is important, yeah. And several people who were watching were like, I really didn't want to see that anyway. I think yeah. if I'd been on the side then, I'd have quite likely edited it. Yeah, that's that's clearly where the edit point goes, I would say. Yeah, but at the annoyance, I think they revel in yeah revel in that and shocking the audience. Uh, I mean, there's probably some really decent stuff you can do in sort of playing that, so it's not quite so because that to me felt would have felt a bit gratuitous. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it should be completely off limits to hump someone on stage, but I feel like. 90% of the time there's a better choice yeah yeah so yeah we've been quite busy this week uh, oh, um, what, what what are your favorite scenes in in classes that you were in or you watched or both or oh that's always a tough question I never want to say stuff that I was in because I think oh that's egotistical I just I feel like my whole team did a great job of the form and letting things evolve and this week we've gotten a lot of side coaching and notes as we went along mm -hmm. as opposed to feedback as the, at the end of the week and I feel like actually a lot of my favorite thing scenes were things where Colleen said something and the approach changed and the scene oh, okay. uh, clicked into place mm. and I love just seeing that moment where people... Um, allow their approach to be changed and find themselves with a really great scene. Yeah, that's um, super cool. I think we particularly found that with scenes where somebody had to be an asshole as a character mm. and we sort of naturally shy away from that. 
Um, actually, I don't think I shy away from it. I'm. Yeah, you make a good asshole. I'm a little bitch on stage sometimes <laughs> for my own amusement. But seeing other people also be obliged to do that and then end up with really great scenes uh, was lovely. Or to own something bad about themselves, to just admit, yes, I'm lazy as a character yeah, or something yeah. like that, and then carry on uh, was really nice. Yeah, that's an interesting choice, isn't it? To kind of run and go, no, I'm not, yes, you are, no, I'm not, which is a yeah. dull scene to kind of own it, uh, own your weird, own your nastiness, own your flaws, yeah. and then the scene can kind of build momentum rather yeah. than just stagnate with two people butting heads. Uh, yeah, playing the asshole, that kind of goes back to the notes I've had the last two weeks, and I did get <laughs> to do that this week. I played this asshole who was a total bigot and didn't like the fact that his son had taken up dancing at school. Uh, and we got some really cool scenes out of that, and I felt incredibly awkward being such a bigot and threatening people with gun violence and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that had some really fun scenes with that. Uh, I also had a scene that I absolutely love with uh, Emily from London. Um, I, I think the suggestion was tractor, and one of the things that came up during our opening was the sort of slow pace of country life and stuff like that. And she came in, in and said something like, oh, thank goodness I found the pharmacy. I need this prescription filled out in a hurry. Uh, and for some reason, my brain just kind of figured that's what this scene's all about, um, which is cool because I could have missed it. Uh, and it might still have been an okay scene. Um, but yeah, I just kind of felt that the thing I had to do was to frustrate her. Mm. So um, it ended up with me coming up with 101 ways to prevent her getting a prescription while still keeping her in the shop. Because that's the interesting thing. You, you, you can be an idiot and get in somebody's way but why aren't they just going to walk out and go somewhere else you kind of have to build that in and it reminds me of a thing I did at Osh show with Lloydie um, where my boss called me into the office and told me I can't remember the details it was something about she wanted me to have sex with her husband and again I had to justify why I wasn't just saying a flat no so uh, but that was a really fun scene and Craig said that was like it was scripted uh, which was which felt good. So that was fun to watch. Nice. I'm struggling to pick out one particular scene from. That sounds really egotistical. Uh, from the the group that I'd, I'd want to mention for the ones I'd watch because well, it's because there were so many that were. Yeah. Were so good. many great ones, right? And, and some of it was things where people just kept going with you know developed themes or mashed ideas together and. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really, and it was really fun to watch. We had one where Kesha took over the world. Um, I think that came out of something to do with time, which is probably TikTok, which is the Kesha link, mm -hmm. I can't remember. Uh, we had one where we were, I think this, yes, fitness or something came out of the opening, so we had a gym, but it was a gym where people were just obsessed with looks. And in particular... Unlike real gyms. <laughs> unlike real gyms. Um, and it became about butts to your arms to be more British. Uh, and that led to some very stuff, including the butt, the butt guru, um, which was fun. When somebody invoked the butt guru, two people walked on to play the butt guru, and they then had to justify why they're two of them, and had this really fun justification as we're like butt cheeks, we come in pairs, uh, which made me laugh like crazy. Um, hmm, so that's fun. Um, anything else on what you've done this week? Um, 
I was just remembering, Colleen had a really interesting thing to say about playing assholes or people with points of view that you really don't agree with. Uh-huh. Um, and she said, you can play anything, but you have to play it in such a way that <coughs> nobody's going to come up to you after the show and say, thank you for saying that thing about Filipinos. I feel the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that was really... A great note just that nothing is off limits but we need to make sure that everything is done in a sensitive kind of aware sort mm. of way I like that yeah. yeah so you can have a horribly racist character but it needs to be clear that it is not okay in that world and perhaps they get their comeuppance somehow or learn a lesson or mm, mm. yeah in the, uh, in the one where it's I was, clear they're a bad guy yeah yeah no I think that's really really good uh, in the one where I was the asshole uh, I got my comeuppance so and then I had my epiphany moment with my son when, Lovely. I, when I watched him dance which is all rather cool because we, we didn't talk about it on the sidelines it was all just came organically which was really cool uh right what have you done in terms of shows and stuff um this is where we get confused about where the week starts (laughs) this has been a great week for shows actually i've seen lots of stuff i loved um colleen played with dummy and i love them Hmm. um it's a really nice two-prov where the first 20, 25 minutes was just a chat scene, basically. Yeah, just two people. And then they started breaking off and sort of exploring their world and being other characters. But they'd set up such a beautiful platform and paced it so beautifully. Mm. It was uh, really captivating. Yeah, I love that that show too. Um, Did a workshop with Colleen uh, and Jason, who's the other person in Dummy. Uh, in London I think it was last summer uh, and they talked about the different plates she keeps spinning and I've forgotten the third one but one is kind of the difference between you but also you need to keep going that something that there's some commonality because if you're just two vastly different people why are you spending time together uh, and I could really see that uh, this week watching them uh, and the Harold team on before them which were called Devil's Daughter uh, were probably my favourite non- legend status Harold T. Yeah, they were fantastic. Um, they did this cool thing where their second beats were all monologues, mm. which apparently is just their form and something they do. Um, but it was really interesting just to see Harold reinterpreted in that way, and it worked really well. Mm. And it sort of delineated the whole thing in a really interesting way. Because you sort of, they had to pull a theme from the first beat in order mm. to have something to talk about in the second. Yeah. And as a nine-person team, that meant that everybody was in either the first or the second beat. That's true. Without any yeah. elbowing. Yeah. Which is also nice. <laughs> uh, I saw them again last night because I enjoyed them so much when I saw them with Dummy last Tuesday. Um, and they did the same thing, although I think there were only seven last night. Mm. So there were people who hadn't been in the first scene, but they still did the monologue second. Mm. Be although one of them did it as a public toilet, huh. uh, which was really fun and did make sense in 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 uh, context. But yeah, that was that was super super fun. Uh, another Harold team we saw this week which was Chaos Theory, which was fabulous. Mm. Uh, they're a more well known Harold team with people like 
Tara De Francisco and Renzo Zuto. Mm. Uh, but that was excellent. Did some really cool conceptual stuff. Yeah, that was a great show. Mm. Um, man, I've seen so many. Mm. Uh, were you at Three Pete? Uh, I wasn't at Three Pete on Monday because oh. I. I was going to go and see Sand at Quenches, but I messed the timings up. Alas, they were great again. Man, I saw TJ and Dave again this week, and of course they were good. I saw Here with Tara and Rance oh, again, and yeah, of course they were fantastic. That was such a good show. Oh. Uh, suggestion of Alpaca, and they were talking about uh, freedom and freeing yourself and yeah. stuff, which came from this initial sort of thing of this fed up alpaca who was being kept on a chain yeah. uh, and it was love blossoming and again loads of conceptual stuff fantastic and I think their their form just kind of evolves organically every time but that show was basically the herald without games yeah and with songs um, yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that the herald is yeah the herald can be played in so many different ways yeah. uh, like like we were just talking about and with Devil's Daughter and the yeah. Monologue Second Beat and 101 other variations yeah. uh, and, I, and I, we didn't cover all of them this week with Craig but yeah he did make a, he did sort of give us some exercises which sliced it up differently so that was really fun yeah. uh, I really like the way IO treat the Air Herald as a living and breathing flexible thing mm. as opposed to I think some other uh, theatres or approaches it becomes quite rigid and restrictive yeah and there's all sorts of rules about who can be in what scene and how you have to initiate and all of that sure yeah uh, I mean I guess maybe it's these maybe it's an idea if, if you're just learning it but yeah once you get past that it's, it is very much an evolving form I think mm-hmm. uh, any particular lessons quotes or exercises that you like this week Oh, um, I feel like I've talked about all of them already. That's all right. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any... There's a few that I don't think I've talked about. I've talked about, you know, playing the... You can have fun stuff rather than gloom and doom, so I won't say anything more on that. A couple of other things. Uh, One was the idea of, you know, be aware of any habits. So if you always play doom and gloom or never go on first beat in a herald to be aware of that and try and shake it up a bit also the idea which came up particularly in the opening and group games where where we all started chanting because that can be a way of hiding as craig mm. calls it yeah. uh reminded me of something my OT from free association said about about you know uh, if you're not, the, if somebody initiates a bird flapping in the middle of the stage, don't just come on as another bird because that's not really adding anything. But get, come on and give some context or mm. add to it in some other ways. But yeah, that was a repeat to that really. Uh, and finally, on this section, uh, the idea that as long as you're sort of being inspired and ambitious and trying something, the audience isn't going to walk out even if it doesn't go as planned mm. um, where they're more likely to do that is if you're just playing really sort of dull safe uninspired stuff which I think is a cool point because there have been a couple of shows I've seen where I like yeah they kind of seem like they're going through the motion a bit and the, same, the uh, shows I've enjoyed has been the ones like Three Peat where they're clearly having super fun with that yeah. uh, you know, and each other so Actually, I really liked in Craig's workshop 
the idea of being aware of sharing stage time. Mm. And for me, I do sometimes get excited and jump in quite a lot, especially if it's taggy type stuff, just because mm. there's always so many ideas that present sure. themselves. Um, and he was talking about monitoring that in different ways. So for me, I would sort of just instinctually think, oh, I've been on a lot and start letting stuff mm. go by in the hopes that other people will jump in and take it. But actually he was saying, find excuses to get them in. Mm. So um, I ended up taking somebody's character back in because I noticed that they hadn't been on in a while and weren't jumping. And in Beer Shark Mice, he was saying that it's our job to make sure if somebody hasn't been on in a while and they get on, that you yeah. tag the other people out a few more times so and that make sure that they stays. get yeah. that stage time. And I think it's also just a nice way of keeping the form flexible and following mm. uh, either character forward. So the, the person who's had less stage time, their character might not be the obvious choice for who to keep. Mm. But if we make ourselves keep them, maybe we'll go somewhere different. Yeah, I, th I think that's great. Because my first thought was with the format that people are going to sort of be climbing over each other and steamrolling. But yeah, if you build yeah. in what, what, what you were just talking about. Um, yeah, because I think, I think some that. of us will just naturally get overexcited. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. I try <laughs> to be aware of other people, but I, I really liked just him saying to the whole class, because I think mm. not everybody's aware of that, just that we need to be really aware of things and that his solutions weren't not going in yourself, mm. but they were pulling the other person in or making sure you tag yeah. the other front-footed people yeah, sure, sure. out. Because yeah. I think if the advice is just to hang back, then mm. you end up standing around awkwardly letting stuff go by. And the audience can kind of sense that the pacing is off. Yeah. So I liked that as a solution. Yeah, that was really good. Cool. class. I did see, a, I just remembered, I did see a couple of other shows this week. I saw Tone, which Stephen saw last week. Um, they are coached by TJ and Dave. Uh, I thought they were good, but not quite as good as I was hoping. Mm. And a couple of people who'd been there the week before said they thought they'd been better last week. But well worth going to see. There's such a plethora. I, this Monday, just sort of remembering which week was which, um, my friend Akbar did the monologues oh, for the Armando. Yeah. Uh, he's here as a student, uh, like the rest of us, but he's uh, from Pakistan, mm. where they're just, just getting an improv scene off the ground. They have three groups in their town. Um, but he was talking a lot about the risk of doing improv there and because the improv scene is tied in with the art scene and the comedy scene and feminism and all of those fun lefty things mm. being part of that community automatically makes you a target um, so he told a story about the person who'd given him his first opportunities in that scene uh, she was shot last year wow um, yeah and I felt like that show uh, was probably one of the deeper and more meaningful things I've seen. Um, and after, I think, weeks of fast and hilarious stuff, I, I feel like I was really craving it. And I mm. think a lot of other people were really craving something real and meaningful. 
the show was fantastic. The scenes were sort of a mix of heavy and very, very light. Because um, I think they didn't want the whole show to be a downer. Yeah, sure. Um, but, but it got a lengthy standing ovation. And oh, cool. Well-deserved, which I think Armando doesn't usually... No, no. I, I like the idea of mixing in serious and comic. I, I really like that idea, if you can. Uh, not, not that it has to happen every show, but, yeah, some... If, if it does crop up like it sounds like it did there I think that's super cool uh, talking of super I also saw Superhuman um, uh, it was okay wasn't wild yeah. about it um, can't remember what was on opposite that but I remember thinking maybe I should have gone to that instead not that it was that bad but I think I'd have preferred the other one uh, do last night's shows still count as part of this week? Let's say they do. So we both saw a really tiny show that was put together at the last minute called Doing Our Moms. That's right, yeah. Um, there were three of us in the audience who weren't involved in putting the show on, mm. which is teeny tiny, because I think it was just, it was last minute, there was a paper sign on the door. Um, but it was one person playing her mom as a character and then three other IO people doing prepared pieces about her were, yeah. mothers or families. And yeah. that was just another really nice example for me of stuff that was allowed to be deep and meaningful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I love that that's allowed to happen at IO. Yeah. That, yeah. that really was a gorgeous evening. It was just happenstance that we chanced on it really. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so that was a really fun show to see. Uh, and then I went on to see a couple more Harold teams, one of them being Devil's Daughter, who again were excellent. Uh, what did I say? I saw something the other night. Um, it'll come back to me. Because uh, now it's that moment you've all been waiting for. It's Tupperware Corner. Oh, oh. Thing. Oh, I'm glad. I, I purposefully haven't. saved it, thinking, oh, yes. I have something to say for Tupperware Corner. Um, okay, so it's not actually a personal experience with Tupperware, but at the musical Armando this week, um, one of the stories was about this guy's, uh, I think, godfather, who was the Tupperware king of... Oh, some town in Florida. Okay. Uh, and the chorus to the song that they did about it was talking, was just uh, fart noises. Because back in the day when they were, they were marketing Tupperware, they would uh, do the little fart oh, noise when you close the lid yeah. uh, and say that only Tupperware would do that. So they were miming closing the lid and the whole chorus was just fart noises and oh, it was very charming cool yeah right that reminds me of something i did at, at the miller uh on the music box jam thing we had some monsters that pulled people into the toilets uh and yeah our, our chorus involved a significant amount of fart noises or was it fart backing vocals i can't remember uh, that was a super fun time and I remember the other show I went to see which was all caps uh, which is basically instead of a monologue they get somebody to talk about uh, yeah you, you email or text in your rants and raves uh, they pick somebody to come up on stage and they use that as the monologue and do scenes off that and that was super fun um, had Craig I didn't actually didn't know this before I went but I just heard it was a good show so I wanted to go had Craig who's our teacher who's who just lives what he says he played these crazy 
joyous characters that were super fun to watch. Uh, had Alison Shantira from Three Pete, both of who are fantastic. And it also had some guy called TJ Jagodowski. Uh, yeah, that guy from TJ and oh, Dave. I love when you wander in something in IO and fabulous people just happen to be there. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because I got the impression it was going to be very premise based, um, which it was. Uh, but is, yeah. Is that a tag show? Is that basically Beer Shark Mice? Is that. Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, there were a lot of tags, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be. Um, but yeah, TJ can play the big, bold, and dumb stuff as well. So, nice. uh, you know, and he ended up playing somebody's head kept in a jar mm. uh, that rolled down the sewer. So that, that's probably a pretty <laughs> fair indication. Oh, yeah, I've, I've remembered why I wish I'd gone to the other thing than Superhuman in particular. It was the living room. And I, I was going to go next week. But apparently this week's was the last time it was on. So oh. I, and Superhuman are on next week, so I could have done it that way around. Uh, damn, that's not about Tupperware. And I've still got Tupperware information. Um, yeah, not been using my Tupperware much this week because I've been to places like Mariano's and stuff. Um, and, and also a letter flooded in to say that t- Tupperware doesn't have to have corners. You can have a round Tupperware. So there you go. That's true. It isn't... Tupperware brand name. It is, and other brands would be available. I don't think mine is actually Tupperware, as invented by Earl Tupper in 1942. I believe it. Although it didn't go public until 1948. Wow. So, there you go. Earl Tupper. Splendid. Yes. I mean, we use Tupperware anyway to say that kind of thing. It's kind of like Hoover, isn't it? Yeah. Or heroin. (laughs) Well, heroin is originally a brand name. Really? I think so. Okay. I could just be making that up. Heroin, the brand name. Cool. I'm sure that was a thing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that one, but yeah. It might be wrong, and I'm just spouting off about drugs for no reason. That's cool. I'm sure I've heard that, though. Cool. Sweet. Any other highlights from this week? Not necessarily improv? Uh, It's been a very improv week has been a very improv week. There's loads of stuff I've said I wanted to do and I'm just finding more and more improv things to do. My Ventricard has broken. It's, that's a Chicago equivalent of a Oyster card. Uh, and their, their, um, their sort of service office is shut at weekends, which is a pain in the backside. Uh, so I think I'm just going to buy another one. But they, they are very good apart from that. Uh, other highlights? Yeah, I really enjoyed the... Um, the thing Stephen was talking about doing on mums uh, and it did have one of it had Shantira from 3P again who's just one of my favourite improvisers here uh, and she's just got uh, noticed that she's going on to main stage which is fantastic and she got very very tearful with that but it was super to watch she and one other person from 3P both got second city main stage places yeah, uh, I, yesterday I'm not sure who the name of the other because it was one of the guys wasn't it yes I'm not sure whose name it was uh, I who, forget the name, name but I know the face I know the it's face the, too yeah, yeah. He's good, though. He was, yeah. I think they're all good. They're all good, but yeah. No, so super pleased for her. Uh, and, and him. Uh, uh, yeah. I've thought of a non-improv highlight. Are Go you ready? For it. yeah. So right by Armitage, uh, the L stop, there's a really amazing used bookstore just oh, about a block okay. down. Um, it's three floors and just 
packed floor to ceiling mm. with just shelf after shelf of every book on every subject. There nice. was, uh, I think, three big bookshelves full of wow. plays that you could go in and read. Uh, a whole wall full of poetry and like everything was in there. Um, and as a bonus, down the street from that is a really, really good donut shop called Stan's Donuts. Uh, and they were just absolutely fantastic, huge, wildly overindulgent mm, mm. American-style donuts. Yeah, no, Warmly recommend yeah. uh, an afternoon in that area. Yeah, we did overindulge uh, the empty boxes sitting on the table in front of us, but Stephen was kind enough to share. So that, that was a, a highlight for me. Uh, so many good things. So uh, any thoughts before the final week? I'm just excited to keep playing. Yeah. yeah. I think I am too. I'm loving it out here. It's become a real way of life. And uh, to go back to London and not have some more of this really fun stuff to do would be a shame. Uh, Going to have to get through the next few weeks. I think lots of the improv shows are closed down because of Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, but hey, after that, and maybe we'll just keep everybody who's in Chicago going in the Harold team or something. Who Man, knows? I hope so. Yeah, definitely hope so. There's enough of us who people want to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it's strange. In a way, I'm sort of looking forward to getting, getting home. I'm looking forward to seeing London again. Mm. For me, I know a lot of other people four weeks in are getting a little bit tired, but I would so happily just do improv all day mm. indefinitely. Yeah, I me love too. It. Although I am getting tired, which is why I'm taking it easy today and only going and see two shows uh, but no workshop although I could do the musical improv workshop uh, which is on at Second City and is free uh, yeah. if you ever come to Chicago there's loads of stuff on at the other places like Second City Annoyance uh, MCL which is Musical Comedy Limited I think it's also a good place to go and the, there is that show the Spec. Spectacular. Spectacular. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, they've trained up dancers to do improv, so you're going to get some professional dance in yeah. there with the scene work. So that was cancelled the week I tried to see it, but it sounds fantastic. It's an entire professional dance troupe that they've taught to improvise. I think only marginally, but are apparently going out and throwing themselves into it with gusto, and I would love to see it at some point. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I really like the thought of that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's probably not time up because we don't have a time limit as far as I know, but we have gone a bit longer than usual, but I think it was all good stuff. Oh, it was an exciting week. It was a very exciting week. All right, we'll, we'll bid you farewell then. Uh, we'll get in at least one other podcast before we go, I should think, uh, and then we'll be back in London, so watch out London. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> This. That's improv! <laughs> <laughs>